Hi, this is Danita Young, your host for the Booty Bands More Than Fitness podcast. And today's episode is called Fitness After 30. It's never too late to be healthy. Welcome to the Booty Bands More Than Fitness podcast with me, Danita Young, where my passion is helping women step into their most powerful self by changing your mind into the right knowledge about food, your body with the right workouts that actually create results, and your life with a boost of confidence into your lifelong transformation. I absolutely love doing this, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of women, and my goal is that I can add some value and contribute into your life today. And today I'm joined with Krista Kaminsky. She is a physical therapist for 25 years, a certified strength and conditioning specialist. She also is going to speak to Vegas about injury prevention and sports performance. She has also been featured on our YouTube channel for the booty bands and barbells, the biomechanical and the physiological benefits that you can also get from the bar. So introducing Krista to the podcast now. Krista, welcome. Hi, Danita. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm always happy to do a podcast, do an educational session because my passion is women's health, women's fitness, and I just... I just, if I could give everybody every piece of knowledge I know through all my um, years of education and training experience in the field, I would. I love educating. And I think that's something we should also mention um, because they're not actually seeing us on the camera. You're gorgeous and you're, at, you're, are you 50 and over or are you 50 today? I was 50 a couple weeks ago. And that was a big milestone for me. I wanted to hit 50 and I wanted to hit it with my legs on the ground and just say, wow, here I am. I feel great. I'm in fabulous shape and I'm living my best life. So that was a goal I had for turning 50. That is awesome. That just honestly gave me goosebumps everywhere because I think so many people go into, oh, I'm 50. It's too late. It's, uh, it's, it's just too hard now. So let's actually go into that. Um, why, why, um, let's say after the age of 30, uh, from my understanding, I know that we're losing muscle mass and, and the, the scientific I know of it is about three to 5% every decade after the age of 30, we are losing uh, muscle mass, three to 5% of it, which we were just decreasing. And I know that when we lose the muscle mass, we're, we're slowing down the metabolism. Tell us a little bit more about why you think it is so crucial after the age of 30 um, to... Uh, what benefits do you think we need to be doing to be listening to, to really help us get into our best fit self? Sure, sure. Um, everything you said, exactly. Um, I think that, you know, it's truly a multifaceted task to remain healthy, to have fitness in our life and to achieve our goals from 30 on. And, and that's for a number of reasons. Like, like you said, we know we lose muscle mass. We know that our metabolism slows down. Um, there's a decline in the amount of muscle that we, we have and actually um, the fiber size. So it also seems, and we know that as you get older, the amount of fat content on your body seems to increase. You might not be able to eat like you used to eat, but the good news is that all those factors are modifiable. Yes, they decreased with, you know, decades. However, our body never stops in its ability to respond and modify and change. And so that's your key notion. It's never too late. 
Yeah, and I think that's the fear that a lot of people um, have is they're like, I just feel like it's now too late. And as you just said there, your body still is going to be able to produce and operate. I mean, it's, it's muscle and ligaments and tendons just as when we were 20, right? So it's how is it, how is it that um, you were able to get into your best shape at 50? What are some benefits there or, or key secrets you could give our viewers? So let me say this, like, as I was heading towards my 50, what I noticed about myself heading to that age was my back was getting sore. My energy was plummeting. And, and to be quite honest with you, um, in the first part of the pandemic, it was hard on me. I was on the front lines all the time. Um, I was exhausted. I was tired. When I came home, it was like, gosh, you know, the stress of being there, that all the cleaning that happened, like, I really kind of just got exhausted. Um, and so for me, I realized I need more strength. Like I wanted to achieve all these goals I had, um, but I saw that I was weaker. And so I really leaned into what I know. And I said, where do I need to go with my fitness? I've always been healthy. Um, I've always been active, but I knew resistance training was where I needed to go. I, for a number of reasons. I mean, I knew I had to increase my lean body mass so that my metabolism was higher. I knew that with more body mass um, and more strength, my energy level would be higher. And I also knew that my metabolism could change and be more efficient burning calories at rest if I had more body mass. You know, there's a, a fear out there I think women have of resistance training, right? They, they, it, there was a stigma that, you know, oh, we don't, but, but that's not true. And we in fact know now through research that any healthy exercise or training program needs to involve resistance training. And so I really leaned into that concept and that's where I took my personal journey. Um, I went actually onto the internet myself and I looked for a product. Okay, I knew, we know that men have wider shoulders, right? Um, and smaller waists, women and hips, women are the opposite. Women have broader hips and smaller shoulders. So I think women fear that big barbell that hangs there. It changes your center of gravity. You know, as we get older, our backs aren't as stronger with every decade. So I said, I want a small barbell size mm -hmm. and I want to put it, I want to make sure it's close to me because I am more narrow at the shoulders. I want my center of gravity more over my base of support. That way I'm not pulling and pushing at my, at my back and I can isolate my muscle groups and I can use multi-axial movements because we know that multi-axial movements using a barbell actually increases your muscle mass and, and, and has more of a caloric effect um, in a caloric need. So I knew that was where I wanted to go and that's where I found um, booty bands and barbells. And, and, and in all honesty, I also know that time is a problem as you get older, right? I'm not good at keeping up in the gym at a set schedule. I, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. So if I had 10, 15 minutes, I have 20 minutes. If I have an hour, it's in my home, it's convenient, and I can strength train. So I was able to incorporate the strength training, and I changed 
my body composition, I have much more lean body mass and I have less fat. And I was able to keep my curves and I'm still working on that booty. <laughs> but um, that, that was what the road I went down and the bands, because the bands also, I looked for the bands too, because I knew I would exert more energy and more, um, more calories and more effort into my workout using both bands and the barbell. And that's how I found it. And that was my journey. And it made all the difference for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love um, being able to hear, you know, the connection, how, you know, building it. For me, it was, um, I was working out in a, in a home environment, but yet I ended up bringing an eight foot barbell into my home and I started knocking holes into my walls because I couldn't, I had to be in the frame of the uh, video camera for my members. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and shorten this. And so when I went in there, I, I thought about all the different angles that we could possibly use every single workout. I show all the women, which, how long do we really need that bar? And it hit four feet total. Um, and so it allowed the, for everything as far as hips, shoulders, everything being able, and I, I ended up bringing um, tall, short, older, younger, kind of got a different variety there of women to just try it out too. So that's awesome. Thank you for giving that little piece of knowledge there and how, how we came to be and actually why we're on this podcast even right now with each other. There's a lot of what? women that have um, like, that are crossfitting and, and have like bulkier, thicker, thicker builds. Okay. Um, and a lot of that is volume training, but also relates to diet. Okay. Everything we do still needs to be supported by the nutritional, correct nutritional intake. Okay. So we always have to remember that, but, um, building and toning muscles, um, is a process that doesn't have to increase the bulk. Three things have to happen to increase strength. Okay. It's really simple. You have to have a mechanical tension on your muscles. Okay. You have to have metabolic stress and you have to cause muscle damage, okay? And that is the three things that increase our strength or our hypertrophy in our muscles. Applied, applied tension, the great thing is, is that a lot of times there's already a, a routine out there that women can follow, right? So when we say applied tension, we mean progressive overload, which means that you have to get stronger at a slow pace and challenge the muscles with the amount of t attention they have. The great news from that is we already have so many, Danita, you yourself, you have so many um, exercise programs out there that already build that in. So people don't have to worry about that, okay? The other part is, is that we have to have metabolic stress. And what I mean by that is protein synthesis, right? So metabolic stress, causes your body to increase the amount of protein it produces, which in turn increases your muscular strength. And your, your muscular strength doesn't have to be bulk. It can be just strength, right? Once again, though, you have to balance that with your nutritional intake. And, fin and finally, you have to cause muscle damage. Um, and I know that, you know, that's, that's basically you just being sore or the old wives tell of the lactic acid. There really is no such thing as a lactic acid buildup. Um, but when you cause muscle damage or microtrauma, you stimulate hormones that cause the actin and the myosin in your muscles um, 
to produce more and that actually builds muscle. Now, if you're doing um, strength training, okay, in low, lower volume, which I tend to use a higher um, intensity and lower volume training, you will not bulk. Like you will not have that big bulking effect. Increase the metabolic stress. We also know that we develop muscle and protein synthesis with less rest periods. So when I train, my rest periods are very small, okay? Um, because I like and I want to increase my protein synthesis. And I support that with my diet because you have to have the right amount of protein for that. But as you get older, you need to make sure your rest periods are appropriate for your ability so that you can regain your strength, not feel fatigued in order to push those weights in a safe manner that doesn't cause injury. So rest periods are very important um, for older people as well. Um, and, and the other thing I would say is if you're older and you know even in your 50s, you're starting an exercise program for the first time, twice a week is fine. You know, gradually build up. Um, older people need at least 48 hours of rest in the beginning. And if they're older in their 70s or 80s, we're talking 48 to 72 hours of rest. So there, there must, and, and as you go along and as they become more fit and more used to, you know, training and weights and anaerobic exercise, which is what we're talking about. Weight training is anaerobic, where aerobic cardiovascular, um, that's aerobic training. Um, we know that we need recovery for the muscle to work at its optimal um, tension and workload. So um, those are, you know, quality is more important than quantity as we age. Yes, absolutely. That's great. I, I think those were great tips too, allowing them to slowly, gradually get into it. So a few things on breathing. We were doing a bicep curl, if everyone can kind of um, practice breathing with us. So let's say you're doing a bicep curl, as you bring the weight up towards you, up towards your uh, shoulders, you're gonna go ahead and exhale. So that's like the hardest part of your workout. And then as, it, as you release, and now it's the easiest part of the workout, which is um, you're now in the negative, you now can inhale. Exhale when it's difficult, inhale when it's easy. Great. I, I now want to open it up. What do you have as far as um, on this topic today that you would like to cover that you feel would be really important for the listeners that are out there as you work in the general public as well by being that physical therapist? What do you hear from people that are coming in that just seem like they're constantly having maybe confusion or things that you could give um, some insight on today? Oh, sure. Okay. So two things and it's interesting because uh, my best friend and i who lives on the other side of the country we're constantly having these conversations um, and she's this amazing martial artist who i look up to for all her advice in martial arts um, and then she comes to me for all her advice in weight training um, and i was sharing this with her the other day um, because and, and and this is the most common thing people come to me with they're like krista you know like i worked out i um you know, I did like, I cut my calories by 500 calories and I did a workout for an hour and a half. And you know, like the next day I got on the scale, it didn't move at all. And I have to take a step back and say, the first word in becoming healthy is consistency. We have to be consistent. So 
it would be great if we are in our 20s and we could wake up the next day, you know, my son, he's 18 years old, he can wake up the next day and put on muscle and, you know, lose weight. And, but that's, you know, not how it works. It is more realistic to be consistent with your calorie and your nutritional intake as well as your training program. Consistency equals results. Okay, so if you have to start out a couple days, but you have to be consistent. And over the long term, you will see, be patient and be consistent. That's the number one. Um, other advice I would, I would tell people is, you know, everybody wants to change their body composition. And that means they want less fat and more lean muscle, right? We all want that, okay? Um, so we have to support our training, our, our, our exercise programs with the right um, nutritional intake, okay? The, um, the, the RDA recommends that we have about 0.8 to one um, kilogram as a protein per, um, per kilogram of body weight. Um, one, uh, and so what we have to understand is those recommendations are to survive. That's what we need to survive. But if you wanna put on tone and um, lean muscle mass, you have to actually increase your protein intake. Um, so I always tell people and how I did it, and I don't always tell people this, let me retract that, but how I did it is I decreased my caloric intake and I increased my muscle mass with increasing my protein intake. So let's say one pound is equal to about 3,500 calories. If you wanna lose a pound, you can lose that pound in a week, you can lose that pound in two weeks. It depends on what caloric deficit you're in. Let's face it, weight is calories in, calories out, bottom line. There's a million different diets out there, but it comes down scientifically, every study still goes back to calories in, calories out. So if you're cutting your calories, you need to increase your protein intake so that you lose fat, but increase muscle mass at the same time. Um, you know, some, rec some people recommend 1.4 to 1.7 grams per kilogram body weight. Um, if you're really training hard, really trying to increase your um, muscle strength, and if you are getting older, I like to move more into, um, let's say like 1.8 to 2.5 kilograms per body weight, and that's a lot of protein. Mm -hmm. But how I did it and what I recommend is just every time you sit down and you eat, look at what you're eating and say, do I have protein? And that'll help you just to increase your protein over time. So consistency, you know, watching and staying consistent with your diet and your exercise program, that leads to results. Yeah, absolutely. You're feeding the protein, you're starving the fat with the other areas. That's awesome. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, you know, when people say, oh, like, oh, your metabolic rate or here, what's your resting metabolism? Another small thing that people do wrong is they get on the internet and they read and they say, oh yeah, I'm moderately active. Um, actually, moderately active means like maybe you're a postal worker um, that delivers mail and you're walking throughout the day and you work out at night, that's moderately active, right? Um, even like as a physical therapist, I work with somebody, but then I sit at my computer, right? And yes, I work out, but, um, but you know, I still don't, wouldn't consider my lifestyle moderately active without um, being a, a more in a more um, 
a profession that has more energy requirements like um, you know a laborer so people tend to think I'm moderately active and they go off the the calorie intake for a moderately active person when realistically they're probably not that calorie and that makes that makes a difference in weight loss mm. yeah absolutely I can see that for sure that's some good insight there um, Something just to bring, go back onto the calories in, calories out. I want to see if you agree with me on this. Um, but I feel like what that has done to people is make them think that all calories are created equal. And what they do is they go to their favorite calories, such as donuts and bagels and muffins. And they're like, okay, well, if I'm allotted so many calories through the day, I'm going to have my favorite calories instead of vegetables. And so I've been trying to do this rewiring because obviously in my 20s, I had love handles. I could um, lay on my side and my stomach would just touch the bed and hang over. I started seeing a lot of cellulite. And at 20, I was like, oh no, like this is this is all downhill from here. Apparently this is what aging is. And I just started having this acceptance of like, okay, I guess this is what it looks like. And as I was reading calories in calories out and trying to do excessive cardio and this whole thing that women kind of get stuck into is this like weight loss cycle. It's like this, it's like this never ending loop they can't seem to get out of. So I've been trying to do this rewiring that not all calories are created equal the cravings actually should not be there when you feed your body nutrients. And therefore you're saying eating healthy is expensive? Absolutely incorrect. Eating healthy gives you the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body needs. Therefore you don't have the cravings. Therefore you're not spending all this extra money on the ice creams and the licorice and the soda pop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you'll be able to actually feed your body. So What's your take on that as far as all, if all calories are created equal? Because I've had a complete shift from 20 to 30 in just the difference of not all calories are created equal. Right. So, um, well, I mean, we know that one kilocal, uh, that we know that for uh, um, protein, that protein and carbohydrates are four kilocalories um, per, per gram. And we know that the fat is nine. Right, so we know right then and there that they're not equal. Um, and so, um, when you're feeding your body and you look at where you should be eating in terms of caloric intake, you're gonna reach if you're eating like calorie dense food and not nutrient dense food, you're gonna reach that point um, of, of, of meeting, uh, be exceeding uh, your needs very quickly. Um, and we know that, that having protein and having carbs for energy is important because it gives us more energy to do things where fat, on the other hand, doesn't necessarily um, have those same effects. So um, I think I answered what you were saying. Sometimes I get off on my own little tangent. That, that absolutely nailed it right there, explaining that, you know, the that's built up of a lot of butter and milk and saturated fat and lard and everything else that's not created equal to let's say almonds or nuts and cashews or something right so absolutely there's just a whole different so yeah when you're eating dense foods you become a dense tight tone person when you're eating things that are a lot fluffier and cakes and coffee i mean clearly you are what you eat you become a little bit fluffier right all that sugar adds right. more fluff to you right. so yeah, I just wanted to touch base on and that. You know that your body, your body actually uses the glycogen glycogen stores for energy first, right? So um, 
you have a lot of glucose in your system, you're going to use that for energy. When you know you are moving towards a longer duration activity, then is when you know you actually move into beta oxidation, which is the fat burning part. So um, you know if you have all these carbs on board, like and you know, and I see people who'll be like, oh, I'm going to exercise, and then they want to take like an exercise drink before they even exercise, just you know, and which is fine. We want you to be hydrated. We need you to have carbs, but to have all those excessive calories in this fancy drink that, you know, you purchased on the way to your workout at Target, like <laughs> that you've just like messed up everything you're about to do. <laughs> totally. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. That's a great one. Cause that's, it is a, it is a big one right now, as far as all those energy drinks. So yeah. Wow. Didn't think about that. Yeah, well, you know, and I mean, if you're an athlete and you're competing, you know, we, we know that like within an hour of competition that like 30 grams of carbs um, and, and, and glucose is really important for energy. But, um, you know, if you're just having, if, if it's, you know, you don't need to think about those types of things when you read them on the internet. If you're just a woman at home going to do a 30 minute workout, you know, and tone her body and, and increase her health and increase her cardiac output and, um, you know, we don't have to key in on like all that stuff they put out there that's really important to improve your, you know, your workout. Mm, interesting. Yeah. A lot of the, the marketing there on all those energy drinks, right? Yes, absolutely. You can get the same effect from, ca from caffeine. Yes. Right. And so it's calorie free. <laughs> exactly. Is there any other topic or tip that you would like to give um, anyone that's over the age of 30 and they're trying to get healthy. Anything else that comes up for you before we go ahead and close out here? I think I just wanna um, end with saying it's never too late. And we can, our body has the capability, no matter the age, to make changes. So even in a geriatric population, our bodies are this super complex organism. Even though things decline as you get older, um, it makes it more difficult. Um, we still, our bodies adapt, they can change and they can make gains. So never forget that. And I always say it's never too late. There's a saying, there's only two pains in life and that's the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. So it's never too late to start. Don't regret not starting. You have the discipline and you can do it. Mm. That's a great quote. Um, can you say one more time for those that maybe want to like write it down right now? There's only two pains in life, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. That means, you know, it might take a little effort. You, you know, it, it, it's going to take some perseverance and consistency on your part to achieve your goals. But I choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret any day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too on that for sure. Wow. Oh, so good. And, you know, I just want to make sure that all of our listeners can um, be able to reach out to you. So I will put Krista's Instagram, her website, her Facebook page down below. So you guys can go ahead and check her out, follow her. She is busy and she is she's in discipline. So if you're needing a little motivation of what discipline looks like, check her out. Um, she's actually going to be heading out to Vegas um, May 11th through the 16th to do. Tell us a little bit about that because I'm actually interested in going. 
What? Oh, interesting. So um, the American, I, I'm actually a martial artist um, for the American Taekwondo Association. Um, and we have national events and we have a national convention going on in Vegas. And I'll be doing um, a talk there where I'm going to be talking about injury prevention and sports performance training and how to maximize how well you can perform in a sport or in fitness, but yet maintain safety and injury prevention at the same time. So I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, she'll be there in Vegas. This is um, the year, obviously 2021. So if you're listening to it next year, this is 2021, May 11th to the 16th that Krista will be in Vegas. Awesome. So thank you again, Krista, for joining us today. It uh, looks like we have some more podcasts um, later in the future that we can talk about injury prevention or maybe hormones as you get older or other topics. It looks like you're just a wealth of knowledge. And I'm sure a lot of listeners would just really benefit from the value that you give to them. So thank you again for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. to be with you today to share my pandemic journey. Um, I'm 50 years old, I'm a frontline worker, and I have to be real with you. The past six months to 12 months really took a toll on me and my body. I felt incredibly stressed, isolated. When I would come from home from work because of the whole cleaning process and being in front of COVID patients, I just wanted to lay around. Um, I wasn't motivated. I almost felt depressed, but one day I just woke up and I said, I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna take control. So after being a good 12 to 13 pounds heavier, I woke up one day, said, that's it. I'm gonna make healthy choices. I am going to watch the caloric intake um, in my diet. I, in, I began walking at least five days a week, but most importantly, I began resisted training, which um, I added to my program using the booty bands, barbells, and weights. I was able to do it in the comfort of my own home. And I'm happy to tell you today that I am actually down 15 pounds. I feel amazing. I feel like I lost fat and put on muscle. I have a lot more energy. So it's never too late to start. You can start today to take control again. Don't let the pandemic get you down because guess what? We're starting to move out of it and life might be back to normal soon. So thanks Booty Band Nation. 